Welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Dr. Shirley North, and with over a decade of clinical expertise in the areas of pelvic floor conditions, lymphatic conditions, and chronic neurological diseases, I have a wealth of medical knowledge that I want to share with you all. In this podcast, I will answer the most common questions I receive from clients, family members, and fellow clinicians. Our purpose is not only to answer questions, but to educate you so you can make the best decision for your optimal health. This podcast is a perfect to listen on your way home from work, while you're on your daily walk, or just taking 15 to 20 minutes for yourself. Again, welcome to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast and get ready for us to guide you to optimal health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. And today we're recording um, within the month of October, which as everybody hopefully knows by now, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And being a physical therapist, a breast cancer rehab specialist, a pelvic health specialist, as well as a certified lymphedema therapist, Breast Cancer Awareness Month is huge. We actually, I'm able to combine all of those specialties within one within this population. It's just a huge passion of mine. And this is having this podcast as such a platform to share my medical knowledge with you guys and to help normalize things and to help with advocacy to make those with the diagnosis or those care for those of the diagnosis know where to go, who to turn to, what questions to ask, things like that, right? I am striving to help get that optimal health out there. So today's episode is all about like pelvic health considerations within the breast cancer community, all right? There is something about pelvic health that people don't feel comfortable talking about, even though everyone has a pelvis. I guess what? Everybody has breast tissue, okay? In one of my prior podcasts, which you should also check out, one in eight women get diagnosed with breast cancer within their lifetime. There is also a percentage of men who get diagnosis of breast cancer. So I don't want to forget about you guys either, honey. But there, everybody has breast tissue. Everybody's at risk for developing breast cancer, depending on what your risk levels are, um, differs from person to person. However, there's also a thing that everybody has a pelvis. And so there are definitely pelvic health things but we want to really centralize that for those that have been diagnosed with breast cancer and that have gone through breast cancer treatments, that it is not just localized at the breast and can also affect the pelvic health for that person. So when I am a clinician at this you know, stage in my career for sure, but then within these very sensitive populations, I really treat holistically. That's not just considering alternative medicine and techniques, but I really feel that comprehensively assessing and creating a good plan of care that addresses all of the needs and concerns and any functional limitations of the client is paramount. 
All right. So again, breast cancer doesn't just affect the breast, but it can affect the entire person, including the pelvis. So over 3 million women have a history of breast cancer. And the largest, you know, percentage of those are women, regardless of race or ethnicity. And over 77% of survivors have a sexual dysfunction, according to the Female Sexual Function Index, which is an outcome measure that assesses um, sexual functioning and satisfaction and things like that within the pelvis. 77% of survivors. Now, that is a statistic that is not thrown out there that much, but that is huge. Over three corners of the survivors will have some level of sexual dysfunction. Okay. And more importantly, less than half of those get proper care. And so as a public health therapist, I am just astonished by that statistic and just fuels my fire even more. Um, Some recent literature reported that women with breast cancer may experience pelvic floor dysfunction, including urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence, and sexual dysfunction or, you know, pelvic pain or difficulty penetrative sex while after while and after receiving breast cancer treatment so the um diagnostic and statistical manual or the dsm defines sexual health as you know three entities there's uh disorders of sexual interest and arousal difficulty with the orgasm um, and disorders associated with the genital pelvic pain and penetration so presence of uh any issue with sexual health is having a presence of these things that's not just a nuisance, right? But it's present for at least six months. And it is self-reported and, you know, clinically significantly just distress. And it's not explained by any non-sexual condition or secondary to like substance or medication um, side effects. So it's really our responsibility as medical professionals an obligation, quite frankly, to be adequately educated and sympathize with these breast cancer clients that have these true symptoms and to appropriately treat within that pelvic floor scope of practice. So we're really your advocate within that because no person, regardless of other medical conditions, should have issues with urinating, having a bowel movement, and sexual intimate relations for their overall pelvic health. Everyone's got a pelvis. Everyone has those three functions that need to occur. Um, so some common treatment, you know, options for breast cancer we know are, you know, is radiation, chemo, endocrine therapy, immunotherapies, um, and surgical approaches. And they all have side effects within pelvic health. So most pelvic floor symptoms appear to be more severe in women with breast cancer that are postmenopausal. Um, then, uh, or, or I'm sorry, that are more severe in women with breast cancer than pelvic floor symptoms in postmenopausal women without breast cancer. So isn't that interesting that the hypoestrogenism or the reduction in that estrogen caused by breast cancer treatments compared to natural menopause 
actually has you know 25% of those women that have breast cancer treatments have a newer worsening urinary incontinence within three months of receiving that chemotherapy. And radiation, even though it has um, you know that uh, possible persistent breast pain within the shoulder and the arm because it's radiation right to that area, there's a development of possible lymphedema in that area. But there's also associations made with sexual function and well-being and breast satisfaction. So think about the breast, right? Think about when there is foreplay within sexual relations, right? And there is nipple play. There is having that stimulation within that area that helps release those endorphins, helps release those hormones, have that intimacy with the partner, then this is regardless of gender, right? This is just having that intimate relationship with your partner. Well, now if that breast is removed or is being radiated or, you know, a chemotherapy has um, been introduced, that breast tissue is now changed or it may not even be there. And you can see how that just mind-body connection, that body dysmorphia, that self of worth, that you know, am I, especially for females, am I even feminine anymore if I don't have a breast anymore? Thinking about those women that are so young that are um, mother, young mothers that really look forward to breastfeeding and now that's not an option anymore. So there's a lot of psychological things that come into play. But then within the public health region, there is a sexual dysfunction that occurs because of that intimacy and that area, that intimate uh, area, not necessarily you can't go, you know, regardless of going erotic, it's just being intimate, you know, again, within that breast tissue. And those that have chemotherapy um, that are not menopausal can also induce ovarian failure and early menopause onset, and that alters the vaginal tissue health. That's associated with sexual dysfunction, pelvic pain, reduced interest, arousal, desire. And that can persist to up to a year after the completion of treatment. So think about that. So you get breast cancer. They're like, all right, we're going to hit a heart with chemotherapy. It's like, great. All right, now get that sucker shrink down. Let's, let's really fight it. Absolutely. It is a complete disservice that that healthcare provider doesn't also go into not just one little side effect in chemotherapy that, yeah, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to maybe get sick and throw up, the loss of taste buds. All those things are very valid, right? And very important. But the one factor that doesn't always, you know, is said during these uh, assessments and during these physician appointments is what that chemotherapy is doing to the other parts of your body then it can possibly induce certain things that can alter the vaginal tissue health and sexual function within that person that can last not just at the time of treatment but also up to a year after that treatment is done so many people go through possible multiple courses of chemotherapy and then after that's done, they're possibly still living with this. So let's try to get those folks assessed by a public floor therapist upon diagnosis during treatment, as well as 
post. So important to make sure to maintain public health throughout that whole process. And so those who are postmenopausal that go through other breast cancer treatments like endocrine therapy, they report that approximately half of them have sexual complaints like reduced desire, interest, insufficient lubrication, and dyspareunia or pain with penetration. So we are dealing with menopause, right? <laughs> and then they get put on endocrine therapy and then there can be even more insufficient lubrication and pain with penetration. Areas that a pelvic floor therapist can absolutely address with their treatment. And these are things that can absolutely be beneficial to the client so that way sexual function is not another battle they're fighting while fighting breast cancer. Okay, so this is where, so if you hear all the passion, it's just such a, an area that is not being well addressed. And being a clinician that has my Venn diagram, so to speak, of specialties with lymphedema, pelvic floor, and breast cancer, it all accumulates into one, right? And so this is where the medical community can do a much better job in education, communication, and advocacy within a holistic and comprehensive approach to pelvic health and sexual issues with those that are being diagnosed and being treated and monitored for breast cancer. Right, so these discussions of, of sexuality um, necessities really need to be a proper, you know, doctor, patient, or client relationship. So this relies on open communication, medical understanding, and education, and especially understanding the difference between physical sexual activity and intimacy, and how that be highly valued. So research really recommends a multimodal treatment approach for pelvic floor muscles. Um, you know, utilizing vaginal moisturizers and lubricants during sexual activity, possibly utilizing our mental health colleagues out there for cognitive behavioral therapy to help address the sexual health, body image, sexuality, and mood. Um, so all this really starts with us being healthcare professionals, providing that environment for their clients to feel comfortable with opening up and to not have a judgmental environment and an open, holistic uh, approach and communication to truly provide clients that have been diagnosed with breast cancer that patient-centered care to optimize their, not only their cancer treatments, but also any side effects that come out of it, especially within the pelvic region. People are thinking, you know, the pelvic floor and, and breast cancer, they're two different areas of mind. They're two different ends. Like, what do they have to do with each other? Well, hopefully through this podcast, you have just got a little tip of the iceberg that with the different common breast cancer treatments, they have side effects that are maybe during the treatment itself, but they can also last after the treatment has been done. And so you fought the good fight for breast cancer, but then we're going to make sure we can urinate okay without any pain without any leakage, that we're not having like constipation or fecal leakage, that we are also being able to be, you know, intimate with a partner and with ourselves, with our body image, that we are beautiful. We have fought these, maybe these scars are, you know, uh, warrior scars, 
right? Then we fought the good fight, but that does not mean that our overall body image just within our chest is it, that our body image within our whole person, that all those tissues and, and muscles and joints and soft tissues within the pelvis weren't affected by the systemic treatments of breast cancer. So absolutely during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we not only need to be checking the breast tissue itself, we need to be checking our pelvic tissue. Um, so this, yes, is mainly focused for those with a vagina to be looking at your vulva on a monthly basis as well as your breast tissue. But for those small percentage of those with a penis that also have breast tissue that develop breast cancer, there are also pelvic health considerations for you as well and to be checking your perineal area, making sure that those tissues look healthy and normal as well. So we want to take into consideration that everybody has breast tissue, everybody has a pelvis, and we need to really take care of each other and be an advocate for each other. And as healthcare professionals, we need to provide an open space for these other um, issues or areas of concern that we're really treating the person holistically. And for those that have breast cancer listed in this, or for those that are caring for those with breast cancer, be an advocate for them. Ask the questions. Make sure they feel comfortable with during the oncology appointment. You're like, you know what? I am really having a problem here, or I really am concerned that this is connecting with my pelvis. And if they're like, oh, no, it's not. It's a totally different area. No, some really mean advocates say, hey, I really want to get a pelvic floor therapy uh, order or prescription and find a local therapist for you that can give you that assessment that you so deserve. We are a whole person. We aren't just breast tissue. <laughs> and so we really want to help connect their pelvic health concerns with breast cancer uh, treatment. So thank you guys again for joining me today. This is a huge passion of mine if you couldn't tell. Make October be a Breast Cancer Awareness Month and check your tissues down below. And so thanks again for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to lymphatic and pelvic optimal health. Thank you all so much for listening to North Star Physical Therapy Podcast. Continue to follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Shirley North. Check out my website, at www.northstardpt.com or I encourage you to email me any other questions about these topics and it can be featured on a future podcast at snorth at northstardpt.com Again, thank you all so much and thank you for letting North Star Physical Therapy be your guiding light to your optimal health.